It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Seven Lamb Productions presents Kenneth Heights Stories The Capable Nine Part Four As we rode our steeds back to the Amish village, I looked around at our group. Would this be worth it? Would it be worth risking our lives? The amount of men we were up against. The odds were not in our favor. And while Arthur and Paul and Bethany were happy and thought us capable, there was still some doubt in my mind. You all right, bestie? Uh, sure. Yeah. Just then, another rider and horse appeared in front of us. Who goes there? It is I. Brother Tom. Tom? Running off again. Sister Bethany, we cannot fight. We have guns, don't we? Wait, Amish people have guns? Yes, but we cannot use them against others. Only for hunting and defense against wild animals. These monsters are wild animals. You know that's not true, Sister Bethany. Well then skedaddle, Tom. Skedaddle like before. Skedaddle like the others. Don't do this, Bethany. It is not worth your life. If you and Ma and Pa and all the other families won't fight, then so be it. But I will. We cannot bring up arms. Then go, Tom. Go. Bethany pushed past and we followed. Wait, Bethany. Yeah? Right now. Many of their men are in the center barn, sleeping. Maybe you can surprise them before they're able to saddle up? Thanks. And with that, we trotted off, leaving her brother behind. (coughs) What a pussy! Bethany, you think that little bit of information from Tom will help us? I know what he was hinting at. Yeah? Something to do with the barn they're sleeping in? Nope. Something to do with what's next to it.
You know, this really is some good milk. Reminds me of being a baby and sucking on a titty. Better drink as much as you can now, because soon there will be nothing but a highway in the mall. Maybe the mall should open up a milk bar. Where all us drugs can hang out. Why not? Why not? Because my mall won't be hiring any Amish folk. It's going to be filled with mall staples like KB Toys and Sears. Oh, sorry, Mr. Patchett. Really? KB Toys? And Sears. Mr. Patchett, Schaefer. What is it, McPhee? It's that guy, Locke. He's back. What? Look, up on the ridge. Oh, my God. This guy doesn't give up. He's got grit, that's for sure. True grit. What do we do? What do you mean? There's only three of them up there. Ready the men. <laughs> Although, this won't be much of a fight. The moon was full in the night sky, and Bethany and I peered down at the tiny Amish village. I could see Patchett standing outside with his cronies. I wasn't talking Norwegian money. Think he's upset? Very. <laughs> Good. We'll need to ride fast. They both nodded, and make every bullet count. They both nodded again, and Bethany pointed. <gasps> Look, the water tower. It's Tilton! Right. I cocked my gun, pointed it straight up in the air. My gunshot would alert Edith to finish the job and alert the others to attack. Let's do this. <gasps> That's the signal, sweet tush. Cut it down. Almost done. Yes. Yes. We watched as the water tower next to the barn started to lean. Edith had hacked away at one of its legs. Oh boy, they're gonna get so wet! And I always thought Amish people used wells. <laughs> Just wait. The large container fell and crashed into the barn. A weird white liquid shot out of the barn through all the windows and doors, carrying half asleep with shocked men. What the? Amish people do use whales. That is water. It's milk? Aunt Elizabeth has a little too much time on her hands. Aunt Elizabeth really needs to get laid. Oh well, it worked just the same. Look, Jimmy Joe, Arthur and Daphne are coming through the cornfield. Yeah. <gasps> and there's Vandal and Holly over there. Yeah! They were all swarming the barn like we planned. Good, let's go! <laughs> And whatever you do, leave Patchett for me. Everything seemed to be moving in slow motion, just as the milk-covered bandits stood. Vendel, Holly, Arthur, and even Daphne came firing. I took my horse left around a small garden while Bethany and Paul went riding between the two small homes. I was looking for Patchett, but he was nowhere to be found. Then I spotted the man known as Eli. He ran for his horse. No, you don't. I hit him in the shoulder, sending him reeling back. I pulled on the reins, causing my horse to spin and face the battle by the barn. Men were up and firing wildly. 
Oh no. Mr. Locke, watch out! Mr. J! Edith and Joey burst from the field just in time to warn me about McPhee on the roof of Aunt Elizabeth's home. He fired but missed, giving Edith just enough time to throw her axe. She hit him right in the chest. He rolled off the roof, landing on his head, snapping his neck. Think he's okay? No, Joey. Joey Evernuckle, motherfucker's dead. Mr. J, look! I turned back to see the firefight by the barn. What do we do? You die! Ah! <laughs> I was hit in the arm, the force knocking me off my horse. Ah! Mr. Locke! Joey! Edith! Get out of here! Go! But- Go! <laughs> they did as I instructed. I rolled over onto my side to check my wound. I'd been shot in the same arm before. Good thing I already had a sling on it. Don't even think about it. I wanted to go for my gun, but it was too far. Schaefer came out of the house and slowly walked towards me. Don't you go for that gun. Wait. Just then, Patchett came out of the house, pushing Schaefer to the side. Mr. James Luck P.I. is mine. Oh, for crying out loud, just say Luck. I sat up as Patchett made his way over. Looks like this was all for naught. What are you talking about? We have you on the ropes. Really? You do? You may have surprised us, but we still had the numbers. Take a look around. See for yourself. I turned around to face the battle. He was right. There were still plenty of men with arms, and part of the village was now on fire. No. Where were the capable nine? Where? Oh no. I saw both Bethany and Paul off their steeds, pinned down behind a fallen table. Vendel was pinned down too, gulping vodka as if it were his last drink. To the left, cowering under a crumpled shed, Holly. But then all the gunfire moved to Edith and Joey, who had pulled back and galloped off into the cornfield. See, Mr. James Locke, P.I., you've lost. Where was Arthur and Daphne? Daphne! Then I saw them, on a hill. Arthur chasing Daphne as she zigzagged through the sky above him. She was shot and losing air fast. Daphne, no! You may have killed some of my men, but we still hold the numbers. This was a waste. Did you really think you were capable? I will get my highway, and I will get my mall. KB Toys, welcome home! <laughs> what the... What is that? The Horn of Gondor! What? Mr. Patchett, look on the ridge. Amish people appeared, hundreds of them. No, no, it can't be. Brother Tom, Brother Tom came back and he brought an army. This can't be. More and more Amish people appeared. Tom must have gone to many villages to amass his army. Now that is a true Riders of Rohan moment. Although with all their tortures and pitchforks, it reminded me more of the ending of Frankenstein, but 
You take what you can get. Attack! The Amish charged. No! Where are you going? I walked up to Patchett, who was trying to crawl away. He had a pitchfork injury and was bleeding out from his left side. You've ruined my business. KB Toys is no more. KB Toys is no more. I could have helped. You had no right being here. Look at the state of everything. It'll take them some time to rebuild, but this place... Belongs to the Amish. Fuck the Amish. <laughs> I scanned the area. All of Patchett's men were dead and the Amish were cleaning up the village. None of the Amish actually killed anyone. They just helped distract while the capable nine took over. And Patchett here accidentally ran into a stack of hay and impaled himself. So, what now? You think this is the end for me? Oh, yes. Mr. Pierce Patchett. Or Gross! You spit on me again! Hey, Big Jimbo. Yeah, Arthur. We have to go. Remember you said you'd help take Daphne to the hospital. I said I'd take her to Party City or Michael's to go get patched up. I never said the hospital. Party City is her hospital. <sighs> fine. Good. I think she's gonna pull through. She'll be just fine. Unlike Patchett's men here. Yeah, we really messed them up, huh? Yeah. Look at all the dead bad guys. I know, but it makes me kind of worried. Why? Because all of this could have been avoided if Dick just reached out in time. Oh, yeah. Wait. Um, Dick? Yeah, Arthur, I said Dick. Dick Matheson? Uh-oh. What? I thought we were waiting for a message from Rick Matheson. What? <laughs> I, I thought you said Rick Matheson? Give me your phone! I snatched the phone from Arthur and went through it. He had several missed calls and voicemails. I didn't know! He texts you! One of the texts read, Hey Locke, this is Dick. I know you haven't responded, but I hope you read this. We found some dirt on the mayor of Bee County. Because of this, they're halting all construction in the region. Also, we're sending men in there to arrest Patchett and everyone else. So don't do anything. We'll handle it from here. Should be arriving at the village right before midnight. Thanks. What? 
What is it? I glared at Arthur. What? Hey, Mr. Locke, look, helicopters. Are they good guys or bad? Vandal, do you have the time? Duh. Five minutes until midnight. They're good guys. I glared at Arthur again. What? Don't be mad, Big Jimbo. It's five minutes till Christmas. Arthur, we could have avoided all of this. Sixty men are dead. We nearly lost our lives, and look at the village. It's going to take these people a long time to rebuild. Dick sent these messages hours ago. I really thought you said Rick. No, you didn't. You just wanted to kill bad guys. No, I swear. You know what this means, don't you? Don't say it, Big Jimbo. Paul's your bestie again? Yay! No. You know what? Joey, Joey Evernuckle, you get over here. <gasps> yeah, Mr. Locke? You want to be best friends? This is so cruel. Hell yeah, I do. We can go to the gym together and make protein shakes, and, and we can go to the movies and see Fast and Furious X. I heard it's even more fast and more furious than nine. You are so lucky. Good. Good. Well, isn't this lovely? You know I'm still bleeding out here, right? You'll be fine. You're damn right. This isn't over. Wait till everyone finds out. The Amish are friends with a bunch of murderers. Wait till everyone finds out about the capable Nine. Hey, Mr. J, maybe we should, uh, Epstein him. Then we could blame all this on self-defense. That is true. Still might be hard to explain to Dick. Just saying. Who's going to do it? You can't do it. You guys don't have the balls. The capable nine are just... We all jumped, startled by the shot. I slowly spun around to see Holly standing there, her gun smoking. Merry Christmas, friends. Christmas night. In fact, it was almost midnight. It was an eventful day. After the CIA arrived, I had to call Dick and straighten everything out. He said he'd sweep some things under the rug. There wasn't any press because it happened on Amish land and the only Amish reporter was Emmanuel, and all his pencils were destroyed during the battle. After that was all quickly settled, Tom and Bethany apologized to each other and the rest of the capable nine came back to Kenneth Heights. We did a quick present exchange and called it a night. Paul was sleeping at Bethany's tonight, Daphne was patched up, Arthur was still upset we weren't besties, and Edith was happy me and Joey would now be so close. But she told me I had to get him to quit smoking. Which I did, just by saying I wouldn't be best friends with him otherwise. Holly was upset we weren't best friends, but I promised her we would hang out more. And Vendel ended up getting wasted and passing out in one of the SUVs. It was crazy how much action I'd seen over the last few weeks. But now it was all over. I needed things to go back to the way they were. 
slower. No boat chases, shootouts, and near-death experiences. Ah! Another sudden pain in my arm. I rebandaged my wound earlier, but I'd need to go see Dr. Doctor as soon as possible. Luckily, the bullet went straight through, but boy was I tired of being shot. This wasn't even at the end of one of my cases. I leaned back into the couch, sinking deep into the cushions. I held up my glass to the flowery vase across the room. Part of me thought Lauren might be proud. I helped people. I smiled, took another sip, and closed my eyes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, bestie. Ah! Ah! Kenneth Height Stories, The Capable Nine. Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb. Starring Jack Austin as Locke and Vendel. Amy LeRae as Edith. Douglas Solway as Paul. Ryan Messick as Arthur. Robert M. Lamb as Joey and Kevin. Melanie Kissel as Holly. Stacy Golden as Bethany. And John Hero as Dick. Co-starring Wesley Morris. Ashley York, Diana Ross, Nick Keeney, and Ian Cullen. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and various artists at artlist.io. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. This has been a Seven Lamb production.